we are aware that uh, some people in the online Star Wars community are choosing not to talk about Ahsoka because of the WGA and SAG-AFRA strikes in Hollywood. Uh, we are choosing to continue to talk about it, A, because we don't really see ourselves as people with any influence whatsoever. We're just fans who want to talk about Star Wars. And B, because we personally feel the best way to to celebrate the writers and the actors and the hundreds or thousands of other people who spend six to eight, 10, 12 months of their life making these shows is to actually watch them and talk about them. So uh, we do support the strikes, but we are still going to talk about Ahsoka because it's on the telly and it deserves to be talked about. Hello there and welcome to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. This is a main show episode and today we're going to be talking about the two-part premiere of the new Disney Plus series Ahsoka. Uh, I am your host for today, Dan, and I am joined by four guests. No, I'm not. I'm joined by three guests because I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Firstly, we've got... uh, (laughs) Off to a great start. Uh, First off, we've got... uh, Okay, this is where it gets complicated. We have Johnny, aka Journals of the Wills. Johnny, say hello. Hi there. Good to be back. We have Johnny O, uh, aka Starbird Files. Hey, Johnny O. Hello there. <laughs> and we have John, aka the, uh, the the silent assassin who kind of sometimes posts stuff on Vader's Castle Library. <laughs> hello, my listeners. One intro for me there. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah this might get a bit confusing for me hosting because of the amount of johnny's and john's that we have here but uh we'll give it a go uh so yep yeah, so yesterday as we're recording we had the new uh disney Plus series ahsoka drop in uh the first two episodes dropped we've all watched it uh and just to get things started guys what did we think about it you know i'm gonna start with john because I said something mean about him, so I'm going to start with John. <laughs> well, yes, first dibs, I get to spoil it for everyone else. Um, yeah, um, a, a fantastic first two episodes. I'm very glad that um, we did get two episodes in a row. For those who have obviously watched it, the end of episode one, if we'd had to wait a week for the next episode, I think I might have uh, banged my head against the wall one too many times. Um, but yeah, great two first episodes. Nice to see Dave Filoni back in the... Uh, Back in the back in the chair, organising some Star Wars shows. Um, it's been missed, so yeah, very good. I'll I won't go into too much detail because we'll jump into it soon. But I'll, that's me, very much enjoying it. And Johnny O, what about you? Yeah, uh, overall, it's pretty similar. Really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it felt really. I hate this expression, but very Star Warsy. Um, and yeah, very. <laughs> Star Wars Rebels, really. Um, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I had a few reservations, but those kind of lessened a little bit after I rewatched it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good, solid start, and I'm interested to see where it goes. And Johnny, what did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm yeah, I'm glad we got two episodes. Like John said, you know, I, I do find it tough waiting week to week just for another sort of 45 minutes or so of, of, of story. And you know, I'm actually quite glad that this, it, it felt like it wasn't rushing the story, which was good, but also 
I'm glad I got an hour and a half of it and not just 45 minutes of it because it, it is it seems to be taking its time, you know, um, which is all good in my book. We've just we just had a surprise appearance <laughs> from, from Chris. This is this is not scripted at all. Chris has just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> right, Chris. Hi, hi, uh, Chris. What did you think of Ahsoka? You came at the right time. Well, um, I liked it. So I'm, I'm sure if you follow my. Uh, my Instagram, you know, that I got to go to the screening. So I saw it on an IMAX screen, which was awesome. Um, and I don't know if that's colored my my opinion of it, but to me, it just felt way more higher production value and cinematic than any of the other um, shows so far. It, the Mandal- including The Mandalorian and m- maybe on par of Andor on that regard. So yeah, I really liked it, and as as a big Rebels fan, it ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah, I think I, I pretty much agree with everyone here. I, uh, I I loved it. I thought it was a great first two episodes. Rebels is my favorite Star Wars. Uh, so for me, having a show which let's be honest is it is just Rebels continued, uh, but <clears throat> in live action as opposed to uh, animation. It's called Ahsoka in title, but it really is just Rebels, which I'm not complaining about at all because I absolutely love rebels and this felt very authentic to rebels um just from how the characters look to how they behave to how they interacted with one another and even just the general vibe it was quite a colorful star wars as opposed to um for example like i think back to uh some of the episodes in the mandalorian that sort of have that bit more of a washed out feel this one felt quite bright and shiny uh which felt very rebels so yeah i definitely enjoyed it as well how good did the the fall look as well Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, I think I actually kind of teared up when I saw Lothol there. I, I got way too excited. Uh, and obviously seeing the uh, the Rebels um, bit of artwork with um, the surprise appearance from Clancy Brown as Ryder Azahi, which I quite mm, liked as well. That was nice. Yeah, and it's, it's like his 10th appearance of Clancy Brown in Star Wars or something. Yeah, as we're yeah. going there already as well, Jai Kel. Yeah. He's from Rebels yes. as well. He was a ki- the kid, yeah, the kid in the academy when Ezra was there. So I was like, I recognise that name. I s- <laughs> so I was quite proud of myself that yeah. I actually called that. I swear to God, uh, if Zerleonis jumps shows up, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as, yeah. As a massive, crazy, part, massive fan of the Servants of the Empire books, which obviously has J- Jai Kyle, it has uh, Zerleonis. It's all about that. Like, that would be amazing for me. Um, well, like you are saying, just like and you know, the architecture and stuff. It feels really weird when you're like, why am I this excited about some grassy plains and a road? <laughs> the world's longest road, by the way. Christ alive. But the world's longest straight road. Yeah, like they love the, the road. The world's longest the straight road that doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> it kind of we, we, we find... goes to one tower. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it sort of stops halfway to the tower. Yeah, <laughs> it goes to the tower, doesn't it? So I've, either this incredibly harsh T-junction, or East Coast of Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's also no one ever, no one, no one's ever on it either. There's just always the one uh, character who's obviously centre shot of the camera yeah. and then no one like, else. Well, I guess this time around, everyone, at least this time around, everybody was at the party. There was an excuse, you know? Yeah. I did think that actually. I was sitting there to myself wondering where everyone was. And I thought, oh, it was too soon. Yeah, the galactic before. history of uh, 
of that road, I think it's only ever been used for the Rebels crew escaping the city. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only use that it's ever had. They should just ever. get rid of that road, and then half <laughs> their problems say. are sorted. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was I was having this this chat with with John and a couple of other pals the other day about the show, and to me, it feels like the most. I described it as the most felony that felony has ever felonied, but it was it was like it was like the man in the cowboy hat put ten cowboy hats on and just went full felony because all of like the little like as you said like the nods to like Jaikel and Ryder Azahi and then just like Lathol and the loath cat inside Sabine's apartment, which is obviously Ezra's apartment, all the little Easter eggs in that everything just felt so like Dave Felony having fun, which it's great. Do you know what though? I've, I've I've got to give Filoni his props as well because it's quite clear now where the talent is coming from in the pairing of Favreau and Filoni. Because if you look at this, and then you look at the book of Boba Fett, which was mainly Favreau led, there's a very diff- big difference in quality there. Interesting. Oh, he's gone there. Oh, he's, he's, gone. Gone. he's, he's gone, gone there. I've gone I'm there. I'm a big Boba Fett defender, so, so, so I've gone there like a banter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How can you? How can you dislike a show that has that iconic line in it? <laughs> Man, that, that show has some interesting moments. Like yeah. Boba Fett riding the Rancor's wonderful. The whole uh, Mandalorian side plot and the Luke stuff was wonderful. But and Black Crescentum was great. But those kids on the mopeds, what was that all about? Oh, I like those kids. I like <laughs> them and their shiny little mopeds. The, s- uh, the slowest mopeds of all time. Everything, <laughs> everything with the Tuscan Raiders was brilient. I absolutely yeah. love yeah. that. Yeah. Just I, I the yeah, there's a lot to love in that show, but yeah. compared to... It's a bit all over the place, I'll give you ...other that. shows, it doesn't have quite the same level of quality, I don't think. Funnily enough, the, the fact you've mentioned Book of Boba Fett, um, I was... It was making me think, uh, like, where do, where do you guys think this sits in the timeline? Like, we know it's after the season two of Mandalorian. We know it's after that because Ahsoka's got Morgan Elspeth in custody. But do you think this is before her appearance in Book of Boba Fett? Do you think it's after? Do you think it's... I kind of think it's before season three of The Mandalorian because the vibe of that scene in the Mandalorian with Moff Gideon and the Imperial Remnant, to me suggests that Thrawn has already returned at that point. So I don't, I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys think about where this is timeline-wise. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's true, actually, because I, yeah. I, I assumed it was afterwards. But, yeah, like, they're talking to Pallion. Yeah, I'm assuming it's after um, Book of Boba Fett, maybe oh, really? at the same time mm-hmm. as Season 3-ish. But you've, that you've got to think as well, though. The the people looking for Thrawn in this series are not the M, the, the Empire. No, yeah. mm-hmm. it's Morgan Elspeth yeah. and some hired hired hands. It's mm. you know, the, the the Empire could very well know where, where Thrawn is. True, which true. would be stupid. But it's I true. mean, <laughs> what I'm looking at is is whether or not there's any indication from Ahsoka and Ahsoka's relationship with Sabine that this is a point in Ahsoka's life before or after she's hooked up with Luke Skywalker in the Book of Boba Fett. Hooked up? Goodness me. Yeah, you must have missed that, that special episode of, uh, of the Book of Boba Fett. No, you know, you know, what, I mean. you know what I mean. On some dodgy um, websites there, Johnny. 
Do you think when two Jedis have sex, they even have to touch each other? Or do you reckon they can just do it with their minds? Like Demolition Man. This hasn't been covered in the books, mate. All the shows. So. Um, <laughs> Please don't edit that out, Johnny. It's, it's all gold and it's all going to stay in, probably. Um, I mean, I, there, there, was not, there was nothing in the interactions between Ahsoka and Sabine as sort of a master and apprentice type scenario that that, 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 that shouted out to me that she'd already hooked up, met with Luke at, at this point, you know? It, it, it could still be before that. What indicator were you looking for in that, though? I guess it's something that suggested that in all this in all this deliberation about whether or not she should take Sabine back as an apprentice, some indication that she is or isn't affiliated with this other Jedi Order, nascent Jedi Order that's out there, you know? Mm. I mean, mm, I see yeah. what you're saying, but the fact of like, um, the fact that she she's had this bad experience with Sabine is probably a contributing factor as to why she didn't want to train Grogu. Despite the reasons she gave, obviously they've caught this yeah. now. Um, mm. But she still seems to have that opinion in the book of Boba Fett, and she's obviously going to take Sabine on in this. Hmm. So I think we're, we're we're probably landing just after that, just after that scene. I think if it's bef- yeah, if it was before the book of Boba Fett, then assuming she's going to find Thrawn. Or more evidence of Thrawn. Why isn't she telling Luke about Thrawn? Yes, mm. in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So that's why I think he's going to be after. Yeah. Because yeah, he's doing his Jedi Order thing, but at the same time, if he knows about Thrawn, then the New Republic government's going to like pay a lot more attention. Yeah. To what he says. So. Yeah, I guess that's assuming that when we find Thrawn, he's actually a threat, and that he's not actually a potential ally to fight something else. Um, this is Filoni's Thrawn. Right. Filoni's Thrawn's a villain. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the big bad of the Mandoverse, so to speak. I'm getting big villain vibes. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I prefer good Thrawn, personally. See, this is, mm, this is the thing. I never really took book Thrawn as good Thrawn. I took him as, you know, still a pretty bad guy. He was just happened to be the POV hero of the book. He doesn't do anything like, bad in those books. I mean, he does kill a lot of rebels. As he should, as he should. Well, he's voluntarily working for the Empire. Not really, though. Not really. <laughs> he intentionally <laughs> avoids casualties in his battle strategies yeah. in the books. But he's still on the side that's fascism and oppressing the galaxy. And he's there voluntarily. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, but to, <laughs> to get their power to defeat a great evil, which suggests he doesn't like evil. <laughs> you know but then but then is is the great evil actually an evil or is it just uh you know, aliens from a distant land invading his precious chiss ascendancy yeah m- maybe the great evil is like representation or something he's actually like a massive bigot <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, it would explain why he joined the fascist empire, to be fair. If that I've had his... a couple of comments on my post recently, which I'm sure some of you have read, that were suggested that LGBTQ representation is some kind of invasion of evil. So maybe, 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 that, maybe that's very sad. Yeah, I did notice them. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I, I think you handled that quite well, Chris, by the Thank way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, should we, try and, should we try and get ourselves back somewhere on track <laughs> um first of all 
what did you guys think of Ahsoka in the first two episodes? Obviously, I think everyone can agree Ahsoka felt slightly different. I, I like the reason yeah. she's different, and I, I feel that there is a reason that she's different. But I guess if we could just sort of go around and uh, see what people think. John, I haven't heard from you for a while, and I know you're a big Ahsoka stan. So well, how did you feel about this this version of Ahsoka? I mean, I mean, I did. I texted you about this last night. Controversially, I, it took me probably until halfway through the second episode to really like get back in sync with the character. Um, just because throughout the whole first episode, all I had in the back of my mind was her scene in Rebels with Vader, where, you know, her V Vader and like that emotional payoff. And so it was just playing in the back of my mind the whole time. So then as I was sitting there watching her, the live action version, I was just like, this is just not mirroring up to me in my mind. Um, but it did eventually line up and I was like, actually, I'm, I'm really enjoying um, this version of Ahsoka. But I think it's just where my mind was transitioning from animation to live action. It took me a while and I'd had a beer or two as well. So <laughs> that didn't that didn't help. Um, but it's, it's fantastic to see these characters in live action because it just it, it helps it transition to a wider audience. I mean, like my parents are probably sitting and watch Ahsoka at some point. There's no way they sit down and watch that like, Rebels or Clone Wars. Yeah, um, it's it, sort of it's thing. funny you mention that. Today at work, I was uh, having a conversation and uh, with someone who has never seen an animated show but watched Ahsoka and was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it." Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? <clears throat> so I had a good fun time of explaining uh, Ezra and space whales and Thrawn and <laughs> all <laughs> all this like stuff that is like second nature to us as people who have watched the animated shows but to a wide audience of people doesn't make much sense yet and i i think they're doing a good job of doing a lot of the heavy lifting and explaining who sabine and hera and ezra all are <clears throat> i think it does it where we jump off from ahsoka like in the show does a good job of showing for those who haven't seen clone wars rebels and stuff you know she's She's gone through a journey, and I think you can tell that from the point we get to see her in Ahsoka. Like she's, you know, she's not the same. Obviously, not the same Ahsoka she was in Clone Wars and stuff. She's grown up. Um, she's, you know, had a Padawan in, in Sabine, which obviously technically makes her a master. Although, don't tell Anakin. Um, uh, so, you know, we we can tell that she's been through a lot, and that she's grown and is a lot wiser a character than she maybe was years ago. Like, I think that's pretty obvious, even people who haven't seen the context and the, the shows beforehand. So I think Filoni and the writers have done well to transition that for a um, wider audience straight away off the bat. Yeah. Anyone else got Ahsoka thoughts to add? Can I just add something about um, the the uh, the Rebels thing? So I've had someone message me, um, but a couple of people message me actually because they know I'm a big nerd, saying... Um, do I have to watch Rebels? Is there like a couple of things I just need to know? Or can I watch a recap? Or can I just go in cold with Ahsoka? And I'm like, well, you probably could go in cold because they, they make these things for everyone. So you might you won't you won't get all the references, but you'll be able to enjoy the show enough. I mean it's not hard you don't need to know the whole backstory of Mandalore and the Darksaber and that for Sabine. You just need to know that she's missing a guy called Ezra and she was Ahsoka's Apprentice. That's all that's relevant to the show. Um, the one thing I will say is, though, Rebels isn't a slog to get through. Rebels is incredible. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. watch Rebels. <laughs> like, if, you, if yes. you're listening to this and you've never seen those shows, not like, oh, I'm going to have to slog through to get to Ahsoka. I guarantee you this, and this is a bold, bold claim, as I always do on these shows, Rebels <laughs> is a better show than Ahsoka's going to be. Oof, that's a bold claim. It is. <laughs> see two episodes. But, uh, I, know. I mean, I love Rebels. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is amazing. Like, you might look and go, all oh, on animation style, but you'll get over that in about two episodes. The characters are so good, so loved, and then it will add so much emotional weight to this show that it will just make, make everything so much better for you. Um, but in terms of Ahsoka herself, um, I definitely prefer doing this to her previous appearances. I was always a big fan of Rosario Dawson taking on the role. I think she's got the look for a grown-up Ahsoka just naturally. Uh, in her face, she's got a quite a, like a wide mouth, big eyes, you know, so she just fits that part. And she's got a lot of charisma. Um, but her appearances in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, she seemed kind of stiff, which surprised me because Rosario Dawson is not that at all. Um, but in this one now, she definitely, definitely seemed to have more life to her. Um, I'm still struggling to marry up this character from this show to the one we know from Clone Wars and Rebels, like sort of consolidate them in my head uh, as the same person. But it has, there are, there are years and years in between those two things. So it's not super bad. I just don't think she's a good character. I like her. I'm enjoying the show. I don't think she's necessarily a soaker yet for me. So Chris, but, what do you think they might be able to do that could bridge that gap for you? Is like, do we need a flashback or something with, with her? No, I mean, Ahsoka, no. no. Ahsoka just has, she's quite playful. She's got a lot of life to her. Um, and in this, she's not that. She's really stoic. Obviously, she's been through some shit, so I get it. Yeah, it was interesting you said that because I was kind of the opposite way around. Like, the first, her first appearances in Mandalorian and Boba Fett, I liked her more, well... I didn't find her as stiff and I found her a bit more stiff in this one, but I don't know whether that's because we're spending more time with her. Whereas before it was like small the moments where she made a little joke, she gave that little side smile. Yeah. She gave the little side smile right at the end when like she called uh, Sabine Padawan. Um, I just found her a little stiff in this, like some, some of the, like the actual physical motions when she is like talking to people, but like you yeah. said, she's been through some stuff. <laughs> she's a lot older than she used stuff. to be. And plus, she needs an arc. So I think maybe she does need an arc. Yeah, Sabine's gonna bring that side of her out again. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I kind of feel like this show is about <clears throat> Ahsoka becoming a Jedi again. I think, like, I think everyone but Ahsoka thinks Ahsoka's a Jedi. Ahsoka's the only one who says, "I'm no Jedi. I'm not a Jedi." All of that sort of stuff. So to me, this show feels like the journey for Ahsoka to become a jedi again and accept that she's a jedi maybe i'm wrong but that sort of no I think to me right. feels like that's the direction that the show is going in i think i think that's why they've included um the two ex-jedi mercenaries just sort of they're a mirror to ahsoka aren't they they're both they're both jedi well one so balan skull for example is a jedi that left that left the order right at the end of the clone wars he didn't become a sith he didn't do that he just went on his own way and he became a mercenary. Um, yeah. And that is essentially what Ahsoka's 
done as well. She's just become, she's been working as Fulcrum as an agent for the Rebe- Rebellion. Um, so it, there's meant to be a mirror there, isn't there? And I think that's what Ahsoka is probably going to come to realise throughout the show and work out exactly who she is and what her title is, what her status is. And taking on a Padawan, that's a Jedi thing, you know? She says Padawan, that's a Jedi term. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about Sabine as a Padawan? Ooh. Uh, I, for a good half an hour, was convinced that I'd missed a few episodes of Rebels where um, Sabine had like become like really force sensitive or something. I was sitting there like, have I genuinely just forgotten this? <laughs> like, am I being an idiot? Am I going to come on this podcast today? And just, like, be, like, like, do, don't you remember the episode where she was, you know, levitating rocks? <laughs> Yeah, I I genuinely was baffled for about. I had to look up on Wikipedia. (laughs) I saw an interesting clip. Um, I can't remember who posted it. I think it might have been um, Wampus Lair podcast, but they posted a little clip of Rebels on Instagram, and it's when um, you know Kanan's teaching her to use the dark saber, and he's talking to Hera, and she says, "Is it? Is she struggling because?" she doesn't have a connection to the force he said no everyone does it's just a matter of whether you're open to it and then obviously uh, then i think what hu yang says in the second episode plays into that yeah yeah so yeah. that's 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 what got me to be honest because when they first released the trailer and stuff and then you saw a scene uh ahsoka with sorry sabine with the lightsaber i was like no she's not gonna be she's not gonna be a jedi yeah. like it's just gonna be like a finn type situation where he just has the lightsaber. Yeah, she just has Ezra's, Ezra's, has Ezra's lightsaber. Yeah, she just has Ezra's lightsaber and she just uses it. Yeah, exactly. Close. Um, and I was like, because there was that whole darksaber thing and the fact that she had to train because she didn't have the force. Yeah. But when I saw it in the show, I was like, okay, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, I'll, I'll go with it. Because this is Filoni's creations. It's not that someone else is coming mm. in and changing the history. This is his. This is his baby. And Rebels was his baby. He can do what he wants with it. They're his characters. But it was that conversation with Hoang when he says, when they make a point of saying that she's like whack, she she's she barely has a connection to the Force. And I was like, okay, I'm 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 into this now. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm okay from now if she has like a tiny like connection to the Force, but it's obviously nowhere near the level of like you know the Jedi or anything. Then I think I'm okay now. Like whereas in the build up, where we like you say, where we saw in the tra- trailer her with the lightsaber and being refer- uh, referring to Sacred Master, I was like, "Ooh, I don't like this." Then you know, it feels like a retcon kind of thing. And... Mm. Whereas I'm a little bit more. And there's obviously now. a lot of stuff which has happened off screen. Yeah, I mean, is Ahsoka willing to take Sabine on partly because Sabine's connection to the Force is so her, her Force ability is so small so light because obviously she didn't want to go anywhere near grogu because of his emotional connections i mean sabine has emotional connections everywhere she's connected to ezra she's connected to ahsoka she's connected to that whole crew but maybe it's because the consequences of her going rogue because of her connections so small because she's actually not very good is that why ahsoka's willing to take that risk i can't i can't quite get my head around i mean i don't think so i mean that whole that whole connection to the force the whole connection to people and attachments and stuff it just isn't relevant now in this in this age of star wars i mean there's a moment in the show where she said about when Huang says about training sabine or no it's Hera, isn't it and 
Ahsoka says, um, she's not ready. We'll know when we're ready. And so I'm like, she's like 32. You meant to train them when they're kids. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, this is not that same world anymore. That that Jedi Order failed. Do you know what I mean? That Jedi Order failed. So all their rules are gone. They were dreadful. Do you know I, I, mean? I tell you how I I tell you how I read it, Johnny, is that she's had this couple years training with, or maybe it's a year, two years training with Sabine that we haven't seen. It's happened off screen. I'm assuming we might get more information about it in the next six episodes. Something something towards the end made them fall out or, or drift. And then she saw Grogu and was like now I'm not getting involved and now Hera and all of this has sort of brought her back to being like right I was too harsh on Sabine we should go back to Master and Apprentice I think that Grogu incident happened at the right time in the sense of the Mm. Sabine thing was still playing on her and that's how I read it and only Dave Filoni could answer it but I mean we waited how many years to find out what happened to Grogu with Order 66 and stuff, they like to drop these... I mean, even the thing where Mandalorians wearing helmets, I remember the first episode, people were like, wait a minute, Mandalorians all take their helmets off. And eventually we found yeah. out the information. So I think it's just one of these things we'll just have to mm. wait and see what the answer is. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're bang on right. I think you're bang on right. I think her experience with Sabine put her off from taking on Grogu. Because like you said, yep. Sabine has emotional connections all over the place. Then she sees that again in Grogu, so she's like, mm. nah. <laughs> "Better not, yeah. nah, <laughs> nah, better not." I think. Does everyone agree that this show should basically just be called Ahsoka and Sabine? Like Sabine is as much the main character in <laughs> yes. this as Ahsoka. I mean, she sort of stole the show in her yeah. own way. She really did. Yeah, I did see a few people complaining who obviously like love Ahsoka from Clone Wars, but maybe didn't watch Rebels or something, complaining that it was pretty much Rebels rather than Ahsoka. But I think because other people haven't, the general audience who don't watch the cartoon, uh, the animated shows, you you have to introduce those characters. So we're going to get the character development and the time with her later on, because these first two needed to introduce a lot of people to the other members of the cast. So. Yeah, I think as well, like, it's it's probably more Yamando fans because they have a connection to Ahsoka from that awesome episode and they and from Book of Boba Fett, whereas they have no connection to Sabine. Like, they don't know who she is. I bet most of them didn't even know she was a Mandalorian. Yeah, until you she know. got her arm out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did the Kanan yeah. haircut oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else crying? Yeah. I think she's Mate. perfectly cast, though. Like, yeah, Sabine is yeah. perfect. Yes, absolutely perfect. I mean, they they couldn't have nailed that anymore. Yeah. I'm still trying to reconcile Hera. Yep, in my head. Here. Um, mm. I do, like I said, I do think she is um really good character. She's likable. She's great. I just can't reconcile in my head that that's Hera. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to it after mm. a second viewing, but it's still like, yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a really good actress. But her, it's just, it's all the little, maybe like physical things, like she feels a little too tall, the face isn't quite round enough, the voice isn't right. But then I'm sure as we get used to it. Yeah, because Hera, Hera looked quite pronounced. She had really big eyes and a really angular face. There's no, no. human that looks like that. So and any human. And, and for me, weird. it's actually, it, it, it's, it's not so much drawing the connection 
finding how to draw the connection back to the animation. It's Hera's appearance in the Squadrons video game. Mm. We, we've sort of ha- we've had a photorealistic version of her that isn't Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So I've kind of I've still I, I had that floating around in my head all the way through as well, and it just doesn't square up. Obviously, I didn't mm. like the Squadrons version of Hera. Oh, didn't you? No, oh, I loved it. I loved her in that. She looked like Ula. I had a bit of a Hera journey as well, in the sense that the first time I watched it, I was like, yep, yeah, still not sure yet. But then I watched, I rewatched the second episode because I, I had to watch it at work on my phone. So I came back and watched it on the big TV properly. Um, and it was just the scene with her flying the Phantom and speaking to Chopper. Yeah, that was an amazing just, bit. There was just yep. something about her body language and her speaking to Chopper where I was just like, yeah, this is Hera. And so she is mother she's mother motherly like Hera, isn't she? You know? Yes. She's the one trying to get them all together. She's the one, you know, cutting a break. I just hope we get like a more of a, a mention of Hera's past and who she is. Don't need like a big backstory, but just an offhand comment about Kanan mm. or something like that. Well, I'm pretty uh, sure from the trailers we're gonna see Jason, right? Are we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah they're, they're he's a, like there's a shot from behind where she's piloting, and there's a short person okay. in the in the seat next to her. Got you. Do you know what my theory of who the shorter person is? Oh, really? Who do you think? <laughs> it's a joke. I just think it's that little uh, Ugnaught guy that Hondo is like best friends with in Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> what Me- Melch? Is it Melch? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. I don't remember Melch having a full head of hair though. Uh, <laughs> Unless he's taken to wearing a wig because he just likes to be in hair or something. Didn't Melch go to the big Ugnaughts farm in the sky at, at the Battle of Lothal? No. Oh Shut yeah, up. he did. Oh no, yeah, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Crush Dan's yeah, dreams. Right. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not. Oh no. I wonder if we'll get some of those more fringe, you know, um, Rebels characters please. show up. Like, please. Like, and obviously Hondo. <laughs> give me Hondo. Really fringe, please, 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 please give me yes. Hondo. Hondo, please. Something like Hondo. <laughs> There's that, what, as Morgan. As Morgan. Yeah. The horrible, uh, creepy man with a, who, like, bought Hera, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because we've had, you yeah. know, a Ryder oh, and yeah. and Joy Cal. So, I mean, they were, like, a big part of the second one. But also, the, is it Devaronian guy? That's like her arms. Visago, yeah. But then Visago, yeah. The crew later on, doesn't he? Like he joins yeah. the crew at the end. Yeah. I feel like mm. uh, we have to give a shout out to the Agent Callus stands out there. Oh, mate. If they got some, if they got some Agent Callus, I think they would lose their minds. I swear to God, right? <laughs> oh yeah. If they go to visit, if Harry goes, go, I need to go and visit some old friends. Ahsoka does, and she goes in, and it's Zeb and Callus, and they're in a relationship, and they've got like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it out. A little bit left field. Can you imagine? I think will explode. <laughs> a lot of people have written that fan fiction. Yeah, I think, there's a so. lot of Zeb and <laughs> Chris being one of them. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's got to be a very likely scenario for bringing Zeb in 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 a, in a sort of a budget friendly way that doesn't necessarily have him in a big action sequence or something, you know. But I mean, Zeb Zeb was in the bar in Mando season three, like yeah, the New Republic. Yeah, yeah there's no know. way they haven't paid for that CGI and that design, and they're not going to use it. That's no, okay. I mean, that, that, that was a de- that was a test run, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was sat at the same bar as a man in a cowboy hat. Like he's he's going to be in the show. Sure. I mean, I'm hoping <laughs> that um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of 
uh, whispers around an Anakin Force ghost um, scene with Ahsoka. I think that's what a lot of people are hoping. But I'm hoping for a uh, a Kanan Force ghost scene with with oh, Sabine. Yeah. Can you imagine mm. with well, Freddie Prince Jr. playing Kanan? The thing I thought of was, yeah. what if we get a scene of if we find Ezra and he meets Kanan's son for the first time? That will make me cry. I mean, I I can't remember what the moment was. It was like right at the beginning of the first episode. I think it might just be when Sabine has no when uh, Ahsoka has the map, the the orb, the map to Skywalker. She, uh, I mean, to throw the, one. <laughs> the um, Apple of Eden from Assassin's Creed when she has that <laughs> and she sh- and she shows it to Hera and I think it's Hera that says like they start talking about Ezra the minute Ezra's name was mentioned I was just like already crying there was so, so much emotion in that oh I mean I think for Rebels fans Ezra's the, just Ezra being missing to me felt like the beating heart of the entire show. Yeah, and it is the beating heart of the time show, and that that yeah. that's that's why I've got to get it up to Filoni. Like, I mean, I knew it was going to be Rebels base, I knew that, but I didn't realize just how much it was going to be Rebel season five. Yeah, it is because most time they do these shows, it's like a separate thing, and they make the cast off, off references or something to it. But that's it. This isn't. This is like directly picking up all the plot threads from that show. Do you think that we'll end up with yeah. like kind of live action recreation of the moment that? the Pergil take Ezra and throw him away because that's a hell of a oh, thing to explain please. without a flashback. You know what I mean? I think they need and to. And the Pergils are clearly going to be a thing in this because they've introduced it in Mandalorian. There's on that planet where Morgan Ellsworth's got the... We've already orb, seen a they're, they're Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're like etched on the stones in, the, in that place. There's like artwork of the Pergil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got and you can see one some in the kind clouds. of recreation because otherwise... How the yeah. hell do you explain it? <laughs> Space whales. They'll have Space to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it would be fast. It, what what would be cool would be you know if if you kind of get get almost a cold open to an episode down the line, which actually starts off re that that, that finale, and then you follow Ezra and Thrawn for a bit before then the crew actually find them or I something. Would... That oh, would yeah. kill me. Like that would be the moment you know? that I would actually die. Like if we got a full <laughs> Ezra and Thrawn episode. They like... did that in Lost when they found the yeah. other survivors. <laughs> it then cut to the other forty-eight, and it spent a whole basically from their perspective. Exactly from day one. Exactly. So, um, so you, yeah. you 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 could have an episode that ends with them finding them, but the, the next episode, the cold open is here's what happened to Ezra and Thrawn. You know. I hope so because the action scene that led to that, where Ezra came and kicking ass, was wonderful. Mm, yeah. Ezra became like, think... super powerful at the end of Rebels, didn't he? Yeah, there's a there's a character that we uh, we've mentioned briefly, and is a major part of the show that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, and it's not the blue person; it's Chopper. Uh, uh, John, I mean, were you happy to see your fa- your favorite war criminal back again? <laughs> Uh, he freed my mind, didn't do shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the voice, the the the, the beeps and the the chimes of uh, Chopper were a joy to hear. I, I wasn't sure again if it me having a few beers, but I I honestly thought I could understand him. At one point. <laughs> I was like, this this man is speak this droid is speaking perfect English. He did though. He literally when when Hera said we'll destroy yeah. the entire port city, he said. That's not that bad. That's literally what he said, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hasn't it always basically been Dave Filoni mumbling yeah. mm-hmm. and then some effects layered over yeah, it? Yeah, mumbling the lines and then putting effects over yeah. it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a perfect introduction for, for people that have never met Chopper before. They've just yeah. given you the fir- oh, yeah. br- first brilliant little glimpse of Chopper and they're just going to lose it when they discover how many people All he's going to kill. So, yeah. All you needed to know. <laughs> I love the fact that yeah, Chopper hasn't jumped to that, by the way. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. That whole scene so was good. brilliant. John, did I just catch you saying uh, "wait for the monologue"? Wait, the Andor style monologue of Chopper. <laughs> I do think that, like, for me when Hera did the little the jump over the top of the transport ship and Chopper like did a full 360 to throw the tracking beacon. Yeah. That for me was like the most Chopper moment I've ever seen. And I was instantly just like mm-hmm. anyone who hasn't who doesn't know Chopper now, that's Chopper. Like that is him yeah. right there. Yeah. Spinning around and lobbing yeah. something with his weird flaily arms. And then he does a fist a little, pump as well at the end. Yeah, a little little chopper fist pump. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Pump. <laughs> I mean that whole scene was oh. great because it also reminded me about like the fact that Hera is the best pilot in the galaxy. She's better than yes. Luke, Anakin, Han. She's the best pilot there is, and because she she basically flew a, a like a little passenger shuttle against a massive ship firing cannons on her, and like fine, barely broke a sweat. Yeah. She was chatting like chatting shit with a droid the whole time. <laughs> the chopper was raging at her as well. He was banging the side of the wall. Just like... <laughs> yeah. Here's a question, though. Where Where is the ghost? I, th- I, th- I think uh, we're going to get that in a big reveal moment. It's, yeah, I don't think it's... there's a big reveal. You can see it. You can see it parked in the home one. Uh, oh, was it there? When when Ahsoka, it's either Ahsoka's shuttle or Balin and um, Balin and oh, what's um, the girl's Susie. Name? Shin. Yeah, when they're it's Shin one of the time. two of them. Shin. Yeah, it's it's either their. They're flying in sequence. No, it's not. But it that wasn't Ahsoka, home one. It's the home one when she. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is Ahsoka. Yeah, because it's when she flies into the home one, you can see, like, very faintly in the distance, the outline of what very clearly looks like a diamond-shaped ship. So I think it's just parked in the home one. Unless I think I'm mistaken. There's going to be a whole getting the bang back together moment, and they're all going to fly off in the ghost. It's going to be. At least for an episode or two, we're going to see like the Rebels crew on the ship again. Maybe when they get Ezra or something, I don't know. Yeah. What do you mean, think of the 47 year old Ezra as well? Wait, the 47 year old Ezra? Yeah, the hologram. Oh, you mean the hologram? So oh, clearly, yeah. not, clearly not a teenager. Yeah, clearly not a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Very, a, a hell of a lot broader than he, used, than he, than he was in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I did mind it too much. Star Wars has a lot of uh, casting uh, disparities. And <laughs> yeah, it's is, isn't both trying to make like 80 at this point or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Boba Fett and Bo-Katan are the same age. Boba Fett looks like his grandpa. <laughs> no, it's Boba and Fennec are meant to be roughly the same age. As you know, the, the Boba thing is the clone advanced speeding. Actually, no, he doesn't have the Bob advanced speeding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Tatooine so, yeah. thing that happened to Obi-Wan, isn't it? Yeah, Tatooine agent. I mean, it's, yeah. they don't have any SPF out there. You will age <laughs> yeah. rapidly. This Skywalker's only eight. 
<laughs> also, the actress who plays Fennec Chan is 60 years old. So She just looks... She's just standing, yeah. Yeah. Um, got a, a pretty big thing that this episode, these episodes threw up was this concept that Thrawn has not just gone to the unknown regions. He is in a completely other galaxy. Uh, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll quickly, can I quickly throw this over to Johnny as the one who's probably read the most legends? Is is this something that has happened before in legends that there's other galaxies out there? I mean, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the obvious place for them to be going there is something like the Yuuzhan Vong from the New Jedi Order series. Um, yeah, I mean, which isn't a series that I've read, but um, in Legends, Thrawn was concerned about that extragalactic threat from those guys. And in, in New Canon, that's kind of been... Thrawn's concern there has been transposed onto this new threat, the Grisks that have been sort of coming up in in some of the, the, the canon Thrawn books. Well, I think the Grisks are more an agent of that evil, aren't they? They're not yeah, actually the evil. Yeah, we're, we're not entirely sure what's going on there. But, you know, yeah. and, and Filoni, when he, among the various discarded or undeveloped ideas for the Clone Wars pre its cancellation, Filoni was planning to do, or was working on early ideas for a Yuuzhan Vong episode, break, introducing this extragalactic alien species. Um, I think the story he was going to do would have had them responsible for sort of quite mysterious, basically alien abductions in the Clone Wars, um, but just sort of seeding the idea that maybe down the line they will tell some stories with the Yuuzhan Vong. So, so the, the idea that there are other galaxies out there and that that might be the source of some new threat, given that we're also going to get a film with Daisy Ridley in the quote-unquote New Jedi Order era, it seems to be pointing a little bit that way that maybe they're going to take that idea from Legends and do something with it. Just who knows? Who knows what way they'll yeah. go there? Yeah, interesting. Can we just address that slight plot hole though? The fact that Thrawn just disappeared against his will, with through the Purgles through hyperspace, and yet there's an ancient map leading to him. What? It's, well, it's not leading to him. It's leading to the galaxy. But how do they know he's there? Well, that's the question, yeah. I had this very question, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It, it, it? It's like the dagger in The Rise of Skywalker, like an ancient dagger, yet shows the perfect outline of a Death Star. Yeah. Well, we don't do know, you know, know that it was ancient. It was, it was, made, it was made for that purpose. But, to then, guide but even to that, that like, you have to stand in a specific spot to see oh, yeah. it like that. Yeah. And there's no directions about standing in a specific spot. You're also hoping that the Death Star doesn't sink into the sea as well. Exactly. It's just it's it's like convenient MacGuffin yeah. stuff, isn't it? Well, Which doesn't really Palpatine work does have like visions and stuff, so maybe he saw that outline, not knowing what it was. Or something. I don't know. It's like, what's it's the answer? Anyway, the answer for everything is trust. <laughs> it, it feels very Star Wars, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, that scene in particular exists because J.J. Abrams loves the Goonies. You know, yeah, that was it, very Goonies, it, that was. It's the scene from the Goonies where you look through the doubloom and it's got the, it, it ma- matches up to the, you know, the, the rocks off the shore. Well, it feels exactly like we've had a lot scene. of that lately, you know, in Star Wars, we've had like Exegol where you needed the Wayfinder to get there. Planet X yeah. in the High Republic, where it's, not many people cheap. knew where it was, but there's like a physical obstruction to get there. Tanalor. Well, no, in... the Planet X stuff is different. Tanalor and Planet X, yeah. that actually makes sense because it's not a MacGuffin. It's not 
it's not a convenient thing to explain something. It's it's a very separate new thing. Whereas the Wayfinder, the Blades, and this Super Ball, whatever it is, this Pokeball, just don't make sense. <laughs> it's a, it's a spherical Rubik's cube. Yeah, it looks like some of some Calraiser. I do think Johnny O does have a point. There has been a lot of like maps leading to things. Yeah, the Luke Skywalker thing in Star Wars, but yeah, I don't with know, a I little gadget that you need. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just game, never expected you know? that Thrawn was going to be in another galaxy. I kind of always just expected he'd be lost in the unknown regions. But I guess the idea like, that yeah. beyond the unknown regions is another galaxy is a pretty interesting and quite exciting yeah, there's got to be other galaxies look yeah. like yeah. yeah of course there are i mean it does start with a long time ago in a galaxy far far away so yeah george has always suggested that there's more than one maybe they're just going to find earth maybe thrawn is just in a pub <laughs> in london and that's <laughs> and that's where he's been this whole time yeah thrawn is just managing a poundland Oh, no. <laughs> but very well yeah it's, it's, the extreme most... it, it's the best power land in the country it makes business <laughs> i mean i mean, I, I, de- I was with you dan though i definitely assumed that we were off to the unknown regions i totally thought we were we were going to find thrawn and ezra um with the chess ascendancy or something and that somehow he'd find his way home basically uh, so the the idea that they're all, and I guess the idea that they're all the way off or probably we think all the way off in another galaxy. I mean, does that increase the likelihood that we'll find them actually working together? You know, if they're out there completely isolated, what what scope is there for Ezra and Thrawn to be antagonists for to, for one another? You know, mm. why would? Well, I'm assuming Thrawn has a ship full of people as well, so it kind of has a numbers thing on. Ezra. Yeah, either Ezra spent the last sort of nine, five years or so in the brig, or they're working together somehow. Yeah. You could see them, like, working together to try and get back, but maybe not, you know, like, they might come to an agreement like that to work together to try and get back, but they're not necessarily, work, you know, on the same side, so to speak. Nah, that's, that's my boy you're talking about. He would never do that. I also don't I don't know, Chris. I don't buy that he's the uh, the Inquisitor. I think I think Ahsoka would have sensed him it's straight away. <laughs> it's a stretch. I'll give you that. Um, but it, that could be like a super big twist that Ezra actually turned bad, came back to the Inquisitor to to help to stop people getting to throw. I don't know. It's 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 not that. But it feels a little bit uh, Wonder Vision. It was Agatha all along. It, you know, it was a bit. It's it's Ezra all along. You know. Can we just talk about that oh, Inquisitor no. for the moment? I really love the concept of because everyone's like, oh, it's just an Inquisitor. Which 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 one is it? They're completely missing the point that this is a completely different time. So this is you know what five years, six years after the Empire fell. So this is an unemployed Inquisitor who's had to find other work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so he's become. I, I like Merc. the idea. Yeah. I was going to say, I quite like the idea that he got he got sent out very far afield to hunt down a Jedi and then came back to the Fortress Inquisitorius and Vader had just killed all of them. There was no Inquisitors left. The Rebels crew had killed half of them. Vader had killed the other half. And he was like, shit, there's no one left. I may as well just run and hide now. And, he just, and then he just goes on and the <laughs> <laughs> On this like weird website where like people with lightsabers get mercenary jobs. 
Yeah, it's like um, looking for Merc, distance, 14 parsecs. Yeah, it's like Galactic so, Fiver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, the, don't they look a bit like, they look a bit like that Renton Inquisitor from the season two of Rebels finale, the guy we never saw before and haven't seen since, who's lightsaber kind of gets chopped in half and breaks we see him fall but we don't necessarily see him die the costume looks a bit like that guy right he, he also looks like one of the um knights of ren as well it's yeah. that kind of like i think he's he's design. purely there to be fodder he'll get killed before like oh Dylan yeah or anybody else i mean does, i like yeah. that they've given him a name as well yeah. because he's not a, a brother anymore or a sister anymore yeah do you know what I mean? He is just Marok. Yeah. But he's like, I'm an orphan now, so I haven't got any brothers or sisters. This is my name. Yeah, he's wicked. <laughs> I mean, that whole that whole opening scene <laughs> yeah. had massive like echoes of the opening scene of the Phantom Menace, I thought. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, and it was really powerful. It was really good. Like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm not like a big Sith guy who gets wet at no, the sort of sight of Anakin no. or Revan. That's not my kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but like I don't know. It just he the performance is sold. It yeah. like she looks. She's great. I can't remember her name, but she's great. Yeah. Um, and he's just like yeah, I, we don't quite know his motivations yeah. yet, and that's fascinating. Yeah. It's not your normal yeah. Sith boring ass story. He was he was sad at the idea of killing Ahsoka as well. So it's like it seems his his attitude seems to be like he doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore. He doesn't. He think they messed. Maybe he thinks they messed. You know, they messed up. So I'm just doing my own. No, thing. I think he's just surviving. So maybe in the course of that, he's tapped into the dark side a bit. But it's not like he's following any philosophy other than his own. I mean, you you've all read Rise of the Red Blade, right? Yeah. Yep. No. No. Okay, this isn't no. a spoiler. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Everyone does. Okay, but if you have read it, you'll know what I mean when I say that. Maybe he's just surviving. Yeah. All this stuff's happened and he's like, yeah. well, I have to survive. Yeah. I'm not going to like team up with Obi-Wan and Yoda and take out all of the Empire, who doesn't even know are still alive. So he's just like, what can I do? And yeah. he obviously, if he was always kind of like, I was going to say right-leaning right then. I mean, so <laughs> if he was kind of like slightly lent to the dark side. Yeah. Um, but resisting then, it, and now he's just like... Yeah, yeah or, or maybe it happened over time. Yeah. Like over year, over the years, because yeah. at this point it's been like what 20, 30, 30 years, yeah, yeah 20, 30, 20 30 years, years from Order 66, and then a few years during the original trilogy, well, and then years, like seven or eight years, since. and then six. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about 32 years. Yeah, so maybe throughout the time, you know, of being yeah. a merc, he's just slowly got darker and darker with the things he's had to do that he's been paid to do. In- interesting, this wasn't an idea of mine, but I saw somebody mention it. It was, Is Shin Hatai his daughter? No, no, I you don't think, think so. I, I think, think there's a possibility. No, I, think so. I think it's low. There is a possibility, so. actually. The yeah. way she like that would be interesting. To him, it seems to be a little bit more than Padawan, but at the same time, whether whether he, she's his daughter or just she became his Padawan, she's young enough that she was born after Order sixty six. Yeah, I think she was after the purge. So how how that's a kind of a story I want to know. You know how, how what was he doing? How did they? get together for want of a better word oh it's nonsense and i think that makes an excellent book idea <laughs> yeah i think we're asking me a book or a comic or something because i imagine it? people will respond to these characters and they can't do another show can no. they so so um yeah i just think they're they're really interesting and like i'd like to know their history and 
what their thinking is in wanting to get to Thrawn and, you know, he says we'll get, we'll get power. Um, How awesome would it be, actually, if the Inquisitor's actually Reaver? See, I was about to throw out an even rogue, an even more rogue Inquisitor shout, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stun the room into silence. What if it's Calcestus? I had a similar Ooh. thought <laughs> because you can't, not, not everyone's Luke Skywalker, not everyone can be a hero. One of them's got to turn bad. Do you know what I mean? And do something yeah. and for a big yeah. dramatic reveal. And, and then, well, I don't, I haven't played the new. Yeah, game. I don't want to spoil Survivor for people, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. There's there's some there's some he he uses the dark side a couple of times. I've watched videos basically. Yeah. So I think in the third one, third yeah. that third yep. game, they're gonna go like him trying to is he going down that way? Does he resist? So it's an I interesting mean, suggestion. Especially He's working for Morgan Housebrush, yeah. who's a night sister. Did I Does he become an Inquisitor and change his name yeah, to and did, like did I imagine it or did they refer to him as a him at some point? I don't know, actually. Because apparently I heard that there was two different physical actors for him. One was male and one was female. But I don't know if that's correct or not. So There's definitely a shot floating around online with uh, a very feminine posterior to Marok. I don't know, man. Some, some, some guys have got it. Some, <laughs> some, ga- some, some right. guys are so carrying some junk in the trunk. I know. I know. John Snow, mate, he's got a back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> But no, I mean, I kind of, I, I love the idea that it might be someone like Cal. I just wonder, given that they've got that third game in development, I don't know that they would sort of put well, put put, put that kind of end point for his character out there before that game has been done. I guess. Yeah, I think it was a bit too rogue from me, but I just I felt, felt like having having making something bolt. Um. We did. We did just briefly brush over the the night the night Men- sister. Mentioned Morgan yeah. Elsbeth just yeah, now. Yeah, the night sister yeah. revelation. Johnny O, did you have something to say about that? I'm still a bit like, really? Oh, really? I see. I'm. I'm. We didn't get excited by any that. indication of that in the Mandalorian, because surely she uses her magic to fight Ahsoka. Or maybe she was. She just, was all drained out. Like, I guess they can get around that. <laughs> Because is there yeah. not a whole element with the Night Sisters that they their their magic depletes over I just, time? I, yeah, I'm I'm not sold on it yet. Put it that way. Is yeah. that is that not a yeah, thing that happens with Night Sisters? If they don't use it, it depletes over um, time. Yeah. yeah, and it's something to do with like returning to Dathomir. I mean, it was sort of a factor in Jedi Survivor mm. as well. Um, there's a whole thing about magics and. I, yeah. can, I quite like it. I'm into it. I mean, I love Night Sisters I like it. just existing, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the there is a. It made me want to go back and reread Anne Convery, who is Dave, Dave Filoni's wife. She wrote a short story about Night Sisters called Bug, which is in oh, yeah. the you, you know that collection of short sto- the 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 rest of the book is pretty much YA or middle grade adaptations of Clone Wars episodes. Oh yeah, Bug is really good. But there's isn't the. It? the, the yeah, there's this one original story at the end by Anne Convery called Bug about this a particular night sister, and I kind of wonder, you know, it was always it was also, it also felt a bit odd to me that Anne Convery of all people, Mrs. Filoni, would get to write that, you know, and, and, and get that into the canon. I'm just curious to reread it just in case it turns out to have some connection to Morgan Elspeth as 
another previously unknown Night Sister survivor. Yeah. You know? So there's, there's only two Night Sister survivors that we know of, right? And that's Merrin and Morgan Ellsworth, right? Unless they're the mm. same person. <gasps> dun dun no. dun. I mean, I was so. it about the right age? You know. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, they sound very different. Merrin uh, Morgan. She can, put an <laughs> she can slip back into Russian. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To sort of go from. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's their daughter. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like my crazy theories. Um, I really liked Hu Yang in this. Uh, yes, the great David Tennant is back as Hu Yang. Yeah, guy. he's just been great. Because um, what was it? Only three episodes of Time Wars he was in. I rewatched the arc that yeah, he was three. in. Three or four. When we yeah. found out he was going to be in this, yeah. and yeah, I just like he was in one of the High Republic books as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just there think it's really cool. And I'd, I'd like that's another story I'd kind of like to know is how and why, or how and when Ahsoka like found him. Where was he? Was yeah, he just in he bits been? in the Jedi Temple? Or... <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's been chilling. He's been off somewhere. <laughs> He's been working for 500 years straight. <laughs> Man's just he's gone off and had a... He'd like travel the galaxy and stuff. Yeah, he yeah, goes around in that, in ship, that ship, isn't he? Yeah, where he had all the bits yeah. of thing, collecting bits for making lightsabers. What, what book was he in? I like the idea that Luke found him and sort of just lumped him with Ahsoka. Just like, oh, can you just take this guy off my hands? He's doing my head in. <laughs> yeah, the Scotsman's annoying. <laughs> Do you think we'll see Luke in this? Mm, I'm gonna go with no. I'd go with no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with no. I don't think I'm we will either. No. Maybe if there's a second season. Because yeah, I, I feel like he's not necessary for this story. Yeah, I agree. I think if you put him in there, it would just take. It would just be that that would be it. It'd be like oh, Luke show now. It would make more sense for someone like Han or Leia to be in it. Do you know what I mean? Because the fact that yeah, from a New Republic point exactly, of view. yeah. Um, but I don't think they'll go yeah. down that route, obviously. No, I mean, Mon Mothma is in a tr- scene in the trailer, right? Yeah, she is, yeah. yeah. I definitely think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do Heir to the Empire without the original three. So I think they're basically, you know, the likes of Ahsoka, Ezra, Sabine, Hera, the Rebels crew, Din Djarin, Boba Fett. These are the characters that they're that they're going to do the sort of New Republic Imperial Remnant storyline with. Wasn't there, wasn't there a rumour that Alden Ehrenreich had signed on to play Han Solo again in one of these shows? Oh, I, 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 I think it was a, it was a rumour from like uh, Star Wars bullshit sources that I made up and pulled out my arse.com, I think. You mean okay we've we've talked a lot and we've we've thrown a lot of theories around <laughs> i mean i guess i guess sort of a, a general question about like the actual show itself like we sort of, some of us briefly mentioned it in our in- introductory chat but how do you how do you think about the feel of the show obviously the disney plus shows have evolved quite a bit in terms of their use of the volume, 
you've got stuff like Andor that hardly used it at all and was mostly location filming, which is the way filming should be done. Uh, and then obviously this show is a lot of volume, but me personally, I think it's probably the best a volume Star Wars show has looked. Um, I guess sort of. I kind of just want to gauge everyone's opinion on how the, how they how the actual feel of the show is. John, I'll start with you. Um, great question. I don't know. I feel like because I mean we've said many times in the last hour, like how it's season five of Rebels, and I feel like definitely comes back to that for me because I found the first few episodes of Rebels like really slow to get into. Like, I just really couldn't. Um, I feel like beginning to end, the comparison is like one's a hundred miles an hour, one's like a, a measly five ten. Um, I think we're leading into the same way with this. So like it's a slow burn for me at the beginning, which just reminds me of Rebels, which mm-hmm. I guess is kind of the point. Um, but I didn't actually realize that. Well, I say I didn't realize that they use the volume this much in Ahsoka. And then yes, now I think about it, they're not filming on any locations because they're all alien planets. And I'm being. Well, an I mean, I um, John, you're not being a complete idiot because I read the credits. There is a locations department in Ahsoka so they clearly filmed some stuff on location I haven't figured out what it is yet but there is a location manager so they did film some stuff on location maybe that guy's just really bad at his job though (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could be correct I mean some of the Corellia stuff I feel like they probably could have built in a in a harbour somewhere but anyway I think it looked nice though I mean when the first there was like that 20 second clip of the fight Ahsoka fighting um, and everyone on Twitter was moaning about how great it looks and all this sort of crap. And I personally think that the whole two episodes like looked really nice. Um, I don't know if it's just me and I'm very easily pleased. Uh, but I agree. Yeah, I, th- I thought it looked nice. And I think the volume looks better in this than it has in the past and certainly better than it did in the Percy Jackson trailer the other <laughs> week. That looked shocking. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got no complaints so far from from the volume on this i'm waiting to see some dead pixels in the background but i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> i thought it looked fantastic and felt less it didn't feel didn't have the same feel as the mandalorian it felt more like the movies combined with the animated shows to me just the general feel yeah. and look of yeah. it yeah it felt more like that than like the other tv shows than the other live action tv shows it's look was something more similar to Maybe, maybe, the, maybe even the sequel trilogy mm. in its tone and its colors, especially maybe mm. the Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, definitely has that. But did anyone else get the weird feeling? Um, the tone of the you know, the the weird opening call at the beginning, and then the music. Did anyone get alien vibes? Because I got massive alien vibes with the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the, exactly the music at the beginning. Um, yeah, the, the, there's heavy samurai movie stuff mm. there. Yeah, it's definitely samurai vibes to it. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Filoni yeah. is a massive. It's, uh... Yeah, he, he's obsessed there's with always, samurai stuff. There's always it? samurai vibes and Dave Filoni stuff. Yeah, he can't help himself. Yeah, yeah. What did everyone think of the crawl? Then bringing the crawl back. It wasn't really the same. I thought it was really strange. It reminded me of something like Terminator or something else. You know, it was different. But it, I don't know how else I would have done it because you can't have the traditional crawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't be the fanfare crawl when it's yeah I didn't mind it I quite like having it no. 
I, I liked how Solo did it, where it was sort of a, a couple, a sentence at a time, kind of coming up onto the screen, and it was quite yeah. It reminds me of like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or something. Yeah, this felt it, it kind of went on a bit without any. It was less exciting without all the fanfare and the music. It just sort of kept scrolling. It was. It it didn't. It doesn't bother me. It just. It didn't. It was. I thought it was. Yeah, it's fine. I think the red font was a choice as well. I think they should just make the text slightly bigger. <laughs> that reminded me of the Clone Wars, where the where the logo went red near the end, was it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I thought um, Kevin Kiner killed the music. Yeah, the music was amazing. Oh yes, I've yes, wanted him yeah. to do live action for ages, and just like bringing him in for this makes perfect sense because obviously Clone it Wars felt like so... new John Williams stuff didn't it yeah. it felt like new John yeah. Williams yeah he can make it feel like John Williams without ripping off John Williams yeah there's a couple of times yeah. it goes on it I, f- I felt like it was maybe going to Leia's theme but then it would diverge mm. into something else there were a couple of scenes I thought where where the music was very heavily quoting John Williams so and in fact the, the visuals too there's that you know the, the scene where the probe droid comes and tells yeah. um I can't remember the character's name it, the, 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 the lady Balin's possible daughter um comes and tells her where um the folks are at yeah it, it, it's it's basically the scene from episode one where Maul's droid comes and tells Maul that he's fine the the, the Jedi and and the, and the Queen, um, and then Maul jumps on his bike. The visuals there, and actually the music is the, the music is almost a direct lift from Williams, just slightly toned down a little bit, um, which is in, which was interesting. Kind kind of kind of, he I guess he used to do that on the animated shows, but th- that was the one that jumped out to me here. Yeah, it almost feels like the show was made by someone who's a massive fan of George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just to add on to the the music stuff. Um, I really loved how uh, Kevin Kiner, and I know when Kevin Kiner does the music, it also includes other Kiners who are <laughs> they're yeah. all siblings, aren't they? Am I correct in that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I think they're, they're they his also children. got music acknowledgements. Oh, are these children? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I don't. I don't know what the connections <laughs> I, are. But yeah, I love the song when. Sabine's on the speeder. Oh yes, in in universe Star Wars, that music song was amazing. It's getting I, really yeah. good at in the universe, moment. It sounded very similar to Sabotage yes. by the yeah, also, I it, loved it, it. I just, I think it could be my song of the year, and I'm can't wait yeah. for it. To I, I knew it you would love that, Johnny. Yeah, I knew. But you would love that, that. that scene was almost like a direct reference to that bit in Star Trek. Oh yeah, where yeah, Kirk's yeah, yeah, driving yeah. the motorbike oh, yeah. to sabotage. Yeah. yeah. It was a collaboration yeah. between Kaina and Ludwig Göransson, that song. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. With the singer oh, from Weaver. some band that I've never heard of. But Really? Yeah. It, it right. does sound like kind of space Japanese version of yeah. Sabotage. Mm. Mm. But I did absolutely love yeah. how Kaina used so many of like the classic Rebels themes, like even just like not even mm. the full versions of the themes, but those like key sort of... I don't know. I'm not it's a musician. Little, yeah. Are they yeah. chords? Well, I don't know. Little, <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're little. They're little. Like motifs. Sabine's theme. Mm. Yeah, but this is the motifs, thing. We've, we've never. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing we've never had from Kainer in the various soundtrack releases for for the other animated shows is he, he's never actually had the opportunity or never taken the opportunity to develop and give us a proper theme 
so yet you you know we talk about Ahsoka's theme, but it really is just a little motif. You know, it's a, it's a handful of it's a it's a bar or two of music, but it's never been developed into kind of a five minute long concert arrangement that develops you know, in the way that Leia's theme we have from John Williams or, or any of the other big character themes from the Williams stuff. And that's the one thing I'd love to have on the soundtrack from this show would be like sort of a proper sort of three to four minute arrangement of Sabine's theme, Ahsoka's theme, you know, actually letting those themes breathe I mean, and develop. There's of Ezra's Chopper's in theme. there as well, isn't there? Chopper's theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's like, it's like Nihil Punk. <laughs> um, right, so I guess sort of what are our predictions for next week? next week's episode we won't predict try and predict the entire rest of the show because we've sort of kind of already done that but where do we think we're going next week do you think sabine and ahsoka and hera are gonna stop the big was it the eye of scion they call it that big yeah. hyperspace yeah ship. are they gonna stop that from yeah, going is it gonna go somehow. are they gonna get dragged along with it i reckon it'll be two episodes before that thing's destroyed mm. do you think it's gonna the next episode will be like I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, do you mean go anywhere physically or go anywhere like within the plot? Physically, like, is it going to go to Thrawn's galaxy in the next episode? No, nah, not next episode. It'll go. I, I think they'll use it, but it'll go wrong or something. You know, they're like mm. they're, maybe there's a fight and it goes wrong. Yeah. So they kind of get close, but they're oh. not there. Well, there's there's the shots in the trailer where Sabine and Ahsoka, Sabine wearing her Mando. Mandalorian uniform as she's wearing at the end of this are in the shuttle mm. and there's purgles and they're flying all around the purgles. I reckon yeah. that is mm. gonna the... some sort of they yeah. I reckon they essentially follow the eye of Scion somehow yeah. through hyperspace and some purgles interfere and I think that's gonna be the journey to Thrawn next episode. I think that's where we're going. Mm. I think that's what the pathway to Puridia is. I think it's a pathway that the purgil use. Mm, yes, and that's how yeah, yeah. whatever this species or people that came from that galaxy to the galaxy we're in, see, uh, the Cetos planet, whatever it's called, and that's how they kind of uh, came up with that map or whatever. They felt a little bit Zepho like, but they're obviously not the Zepho. It was all kind of very Zepho, Mortis, World Between Worlds. They all yeah. have these similar well, kind of the- like drawing styles for like the artwork yeah and things, so, you know. the, the actual mm. the actual humanoid figures themselves the faces looked a bit more like the force priestesses from the end of season six of the clone wars you know on the weird force planet yeah. where yoda goes that the sort of the, the, the slightly edward munch shaped yeah. face um they looked a bit like that too yeah, I, I really hope they don't ever go deep into like the zepho stuff to be honest because nah. it's low-hanging fruit and it's appealing to uh, a side of the fan base which I don't know not doesn't deserve it that's really not fair but um, <laughs> I don't know there's that's so crazy. many there's so many great <laughs> bits of lore from like the High Republic from older yeah. than that than that to just go on some recent thing brought up in only the two video games I'm not into that I'm into it I love this effort. they're revoking that I guess but I, I don't think it is that Filoni's definitely played the games, I feel like, just from some of the stuff he was, as he said, invoking image-wise of 
you know, cow raiding tombs and stuff. It felt very reminiscent of that, even if it was just an inspiration yeah. as yeah. to a direct reference. Yeah. I reckon he's more of a playthrough watching kind of guy. I don't think he's got the time for games. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I think that was intentionally Indiana Jones vibes. <laughs> Do you, know I mean? so was, you think yeah. Dave Filoni watches playthroughs, John? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's a big Twitch guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on all the big YouTubers, you know, like Chris Smooth, uh, Twitch, you know, Ninja. All that yeah, stuff. he's got like a PewDiePie t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he has his cowboy hat on and his big gamer headphones on when he's watching his, his playthrough videos. Yeah, I reckon he's got Star Wars. He's got his Star Wars scripts in front of him on the computer, and then a little iPad next to him watching Twitch. <laughs> I just, I've I really want Floney to just read the canon books and comics because he has more influence and in say than anyone in the Star Wars universe at the moment. Even probably Kathleen Kennedy. You know what I mean? Like he get, essentially gets free reign, and he's clearly a big Legends fan, and he hasn't read anything else. He hasn't retconned anything in these first two episodes. I, mean, I suspect he just doesn't have the time. He probably gets briefing documents. <laughs> like they probably all do. All the high level guys will just get briefing documents telling them what's what's in the latest stuff. It's just can you imagine like someone of like Filoni's talent and he's just his way of naturally weaving these things and building these great things. If he he for example like for I don't know maybe Doctor Aphra would make sense in this. Do you know what I mean? What the potential for something like that would be amazing. Hmm. Funny you should say that, Chris. <laughs> you, you think Afra's the Inquisitor? <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel about that twist? You know what? I, I was actually going to question. I was going to say for every live show, we're going to have Afra watch going. Is Afra is watch. this the show where we get Afra? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I don't know, like they could get into scrapes because don't forget, Hera knows Afra. Yeah, that is true. Um, Hera, Afra yeah. kidnapped Hera, so they're obviously mates. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm still on sort of a leftover Bosk watch from Book of Boba Fett, but I don't think I'm going to get lucky in this one, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, if if someone said, you know, do you think Black Chrysanthemum's going to show up in Book of Boba Fett? I'd say no. But look what happened yeah. there. So. Cobb Vanth in the Mandalorian. I yeah. said, what? Who? Max Rebo. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Exactly. I think, uh... I think they need to take Max Rebo along with them for entertainment <laughs> on their long journey yeah. to this other galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just my Max Rebo obsession. Yu Yang, so. Chopper, and Max Rebo. That would be pretty chaotic. Oh. <laughs> Been talking for nearly an hour and a half. I think this has been quite a chaotic episode, but <laughs> it's in good uh, SWBC podcast style, I guess. Um, overall, final thoughts in a couple words. Did you enjoy the first two episodes? Are you excited for the rest of the show, John? Uh, I'll keep it sweet and short. Yes, and yes. Carry on. <laughs> Johnny. You can pretty much apply what the other Johnny said to this Johnny, and yes, and yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I really liked it. There's absolutely nothing in it to not like. Um, I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go. Um, I'm just kind of, you know, as always, I just take, take it a week at a time and enjoy what they give me. And the other person who doesn't have a John in his name, Chris. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to reply in okay. one word answers. So yes, good. 
Surprised, <laughs> optimistic, horny. <laughs> and I, yes, I enjoyed it. And yes, I'm very excited for next week. Uh, just for people listening, we are not planning to do a weekly version of this episode. We're sort of planning to do this reaction to the initial episodes and then another episode at the end of the series where you will probably hear from all of us again, plus more people, uh, to talk about how we felt about the entire show. But if if there is something that happens along the way in the show, which is pretty universe-changing and it's ties into a lot of the books, something book-related happens, I imagine... I'm... Like Dr. Afro being the Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if that happens, we will definitely do an episode to talk about it. So we will just bear with and see, see how the show pans out. Uh, but we do try to keep podcast as booky as possible so we're not going to do eight episode recaps basically um but i hope you've enjoyed the episode uh, i hope you've enjoyed some of our wild theories and some of chris's wild comments um <laughs> uh, everyone <laughs> where can the people find you if you want the people to find you i'll start with john because it'll be interesting to see what he says here uh you can find me and Dan, mostly Dan, um, at Vader's Castle Library on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you even got it right, yes. John. <laughs> I almost said the wrong one. Um, and every time I look for it on, on Instagram, I do type in the wrong name. But yeah, that's where you can find us. And I think we're on Twitter and maybe something else. But who no, we don't bother using it. So, um, we, we, don't, we don't use yeah, it. Just Instagram, please. Um, yeah. And uh, Johnny O. Where can the people find you, Johnny O? Uh, yeah, you can find me at, at Starbird Files on Instagram, uh, as well as on Facebook. And also, if you want a uh, invite to the Star Wars Book Community Discord, uh, send me a message on uh, Instagram and I'll send you a link. Brilliant. And the Johnny without an O after his name. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and threads at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an H. And, and on the old Twittery place as well as at Journals Wills. And Chris. Instagram as SW Book Collector. Facebook as SW Book Collector. Um, we've also, I've just started the podcast page uh, on Facebook as well. So, if you on Facebook and you want to get your updates about this podcast, then just search out Star Wars Book Community Podcast. You'll find a page for it. Um, it's pretty much a direct copy of the Instagram, but if you prefer Facebook, then you can go there. Um, I run non-toxic Star Wars fan base. Uh, I wrote fan for Jackson, Chris Davis. And I think that's probably it. Not your house this time. Yeah, that's probably it. No, I'm at my nan's house. <laughs> so you can find me at my nan's house. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, me, you can find me at Vader's Castle Library uh, as well. And on this podcast quite frequently. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to the wonderful panel of people that have been speaking with me. It's been great fun. Uh, it's been a joy to host and it's been only slightly difficult to get everyone's names because of the Johns. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. This has been the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. We will see you next time. Goodbye. That was chaos.